Welcome to Park City Church. You're listening to our weekly message, where we hope you'll be inspired and encouraged to know and follow Jesus and welcome and serve others. Thank you for tuning in. We're reading today from Colossians chapter 3, beginning in verse 18. Wives, submit submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, Love your wives, and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Bondservants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service, as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily, as for the Lord, and not for men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. For the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. Masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Pause. We're in a series on Colossians, which you know. Paul Paul has sort of given this grand vision of a new life, a new community in Christ. It's remarkably large and beautiful. Right, we've read some really beautiful passages over the last couple of weeks that are uh, perhaps well known, uh, uh, and then he takes a turn into something just incredibly like uh, uh, feels mundane in the sense of like just down to earth. Right, he speaks to wives and husbands and servants and masters and, and parents and children, and you're like, we've gone from this grand language, and he takes this turn, and we're going to consider that in a moment. But in, in the context of of the kinds of things that Paul has been saying throughout, as we've been sitting with Colossians, so. Uh, again, that's sort of an, a, just an awkwardly inserted bit of background. Uh, but uh, so I was with the kids uh, this week, uh, Jess is away, and my, we were headed to the park. Um, there's a new park behind Central Resource Library uh, on 87th that is worth your time. Uh, it's amazing, right? So fun. Uh, Overland Park is very proud of it, I think, as they should be. So, but uh, it's, it's worth it. Uh, uh, anyway, we, we were on our way there. My kids were in the back of the car, and uh, you know we we uh, we had had a plan for the evening, right? It was just me and the kids. We were going to go to the park. Um, we were going to uh, swing by the grocery store. We were going to make tacos, uh, right? It's the kids' favorite meal, you know. We we're going to make tacos, right? Uh, we we had a, a craft that we had. Uh, we were going to do something fun. We we're going to make our own T-shirts, right? They were super jazzed. Um, I was living my best bluey life, let me tell you, right? Like, like I was a bandit dad in this moment. I, I felt like I'm, I'm hitting my stride here. And then, and then we had a movie that we, were, we, we had planned to watch, and we were going to fit it all in in the evening. And I was going to read to them an incredible series about sword-wielding rabbits. We were super excited. Yeah, it was just going to be great fun, right? And so we're riding in the car on the way to the park, and they're, like, work, working, like, dutifully in the back. They're, like, riding. And, uh, I, again, just... Bear in mind, I'm already crushing the weekend, right? And uh, I'm like, oh, what are you guys doing back there? And one of my children's like, oh, yeah, we're making a checklist. Like, okay, all right, that's okay, you know, it's all right. Uh, Well, what of? Well, of all the things mommy does for us that we don't want you to forget this weekend, right? (laughs) Yeah. I said, let me see that list. And then I promptly wadded it up, right, and threw it out the window. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, right? I I knew in this moment, right, like, uh, I'm, I'm... it doesn't matter what I do this weekend, right? I will never be this thing that you're uh, looking for and missing in this moment. I, uh, uh, I want to suggest 
as we step into this section of Colossians. A lot of times we step into passages like this, which occur in other places in the New Testament, and as we'll consider in a moment, outside of the New Testament, um, as a sort of checklist. It's easy to just kind of lift it up, like this is a list of things to do, here's how to get life uh, right, whether it's in the home or in other spheres, like uh, here's the list of things to do, don't miss what's on this list, and uh, you know, we just kind of lift it up and run with it, and as you probably know, listening and hearing it read and just, you know, with eyes that have looked around the world, uh, all sorts of things can happen as a result of that sort of approach to passages of scripture like this. I think we have to acknowledge a few things up front. We've been kind of walking through, again, we've just, we've just taken Colossians in chunks, just kind of walked through, and this is where we find ourselves this morning, and I think it's worth uh, some consideration, but I do think we have to acknowledge a few things up front. Right, to keep with the kind of checklist analogy this morning. Um, that this, that, this, that this, is a, this is a list that has been misused to great effect, right? Uh, a, a kind of list, a prescription of activities, behaviors, uh, ways in which to operate in the relationships in our lives that has been wielded as a bludgeon, right? To condone and, 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 and kind of perpetuate all sorts of activities that are clearly at odds uh, clearly at odds with the gospel of Jesus, but, but also with the specific context of, of, of all that Paul has tried to sort of lay out to this new community of Christians. Picked up as strictly a list, oftentimes picked up and, and, and used in a way that, that doesn't even sort of jive with the context of, of the letter in which they are written. Right, a letter that has just prior to this list of things and how to relate to these different relationships in our lives, just prior to this checklist, has called for forgiveness and love and forbearance and humility. Right, uh, a letter that has just pushed us against, like called us away from anger and selfishness, all sorts of uh, uh, tendencies in our heart that would pull us in this direction. Right, that this list arises out of a context that has just moved us towards the character of Christ. Uh, like in a, in a really grand and, and beautiful way in community, right? Calls us, in fact, specifically to the life-changing truth that in Jesus Christ, the value judgments we make about the worth and dignity of others, it's been radically redefined, right? I mean, he has literally said that, that in this community, because of Jesus and what he's done, like just prior to this checklist of things we want to pick up, there's not Greek or Jew or circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free. Christ is all. And in all, a, a push against the sort of judgments that, that we want to infer and oftentimes the way in which we want to use lists like these. Uh, I, I, I just want to step into a, a few different, I feel like we could kind of talk about a lot of different things in the, the, the verses that are listed here. Similar to what we did last week, I want to ask us kind of hold it together as a whole and, and hear it in its context, if that's okay. Um, and to do that, I think we have to kind of think a little bit about some of its background. Um, right, this is a turn in the letter, as we've mentioned, to practically sort of or, or, or intensely practical spaces, kind of societal structures, places in life uh, where, where, where his community will now have to live, right? Many of them, as we'll consider, it within sort of find themselves defined by these categories. And so Paul turns to this intensely practical space as he tries to speak to this community about the places in which they will live this new life. 
But as I mentioned before, these lists are not unique to Paul or to the New Testament, these kinds of lists. They, 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 there's a name, they call them household, household codes, this kind of prescriptive language on how the, the home, the household, all of these spheres in, in that time uh, would have been a part of sort of the life at home, uh, structures within the home. And, and so these sorts of lists, prescriptions of behavior that would help those spaces to function properly so that society would function properly, not unique. Uh, to Paul. In fact, I kind of wonder if they'd be like the, uh, I don't know, whatever the Greco-Roman equivalent of like the magazines and the checkout line, right? Like here are seven tips to like whatever. Here's like the six best practices for, right? This feels like the kind of things would be on, on, on sort of those kinds of covers, right? Guys like Aristotle, other philosophers uh, picked up this sort of structure to, to give a prescription for life uh, in, 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 in these spaces, and, and it's in that context, I think, that it helps us to read a little bit, perhaps differently, what Paul um, is maybe driving this community towards here. Because I think, and, and you know, people smarter than me have, have, have pointed up, uh, out or, or um, indicated perhaps at times that uh, within that context, you see sort of a change in these lists that we find uh, from Paul in his instructions to the Christian community as opposed to sort of what was sort of already in the water of the culture in which they were living. Specifically, right, like Aristotle, his work politics, he you know, says all sorts of interesting things about the nature of men and women and all these kinds of things and, and how uh, uh, sort of the roles of people in the home, all those kinds of things. But uh, uh, that, that we hear Paul's instructions against that backdrop and, it, and we hear something a little bit different. We hear it perhaps differently. So here's what I'm going to do this morning just briefly. I want to offer like three observations uh, about this passage uh, I'm not going to give like, uh, you know, here's, uh, well, anyway, uh, I'm not going to give you this sort of magazine cover sort of approach. I'm just going to make some observations about the unit as a whole. And I hope you will hear some application in your life, whatever the sphere of life. Uh, perhaps it's in marriage or the way you relate to kids or parents or, uh, you know, oftentimes we want to apply it to like uh, work. And, and I think there is application there, but that is to look, uh, I think, you know, there are difficult things in this passage to um, hold. And so my hope is as we hold it together as a whole, you'll hear uh, the gospel. Sound good? All right. My first observation. Are you guys ready? I'm not sure I'm ready, but here we go. All right. My first observation is this. I, I think right up front, a difference between what Paul writes here and what we find in other places is that he address, he, he actually addresses uh, categories of people that would have been completely ignored in, in these types of writings otherwise. It, 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 he, he speaks with a, uh, directly to women, children, and servants, right? Uh, categories of people that, would have, that, that were absent from these instructions in places like Aristotle because they didn't have agency. They, they weren't people to be respected or dignified in that respect that the, the, they they were a sort of non sort of participant in this equation the only one that mattered uh was the man right and and his role in the home and in society and in government and so he was the one that was addressed and and it was his decisions and actions that sort of made the difference and yet here in this moment Paul speaks first to these categories of people that in his day and time would have been wholly dismissed and they're given in this moment a, a kind of agency that they are uh in 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 this context of relationships participants of value like Paul has just established that because of Christ, the value we place on others has now been redefined. 
And so he says here in picking up a, a form of, of conversation that would have been known, speaking to this group of people, well, what is it like for them to step into those spaces now with new life in Christ? And, and so he, he speaks to them in this way, gives them in a way that is somewhat counter uh, to sort of the culture in which he lived, gives them a kind of agency. Uh, I, I think you have to read the, the, the bits about uh, bond servants and masters here in light of the context of the New Testament, right? Onesimus uh, is, a, is a figure who is named in Colossians, and you find his story in the New Testament book of Philemon, where Paul in that moment uh, speaks of this who had been a, a runaway slave. Probably the conviction is that he had run to, uh, had gone to Paul. Like, he, he wasn't just sort of like, uh, he had intentionally left to be free, new life in Christ, and, and he goes to Paul advocating for this move, and, and Paul, interestingly, Interestingly, uh, again, says to him, like, writes a letter and says, welcome this man as a brother, um, beloved brother, restoring him. Again, uh, again, holding all of this together that Paul in this moment, because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, views and values people differently. And I think when we sit, when we just want to pick up a passage like this as a checklist, we, we can sometimes lose sight of this particular move. So Paul uh, just the first, again, these are general observations. Uh, Paul in this moment uh, speaks to people that everyone around him would have ignored or dismissed as unworthy of attention or calls to action, all of those kinds of things. Paul says, no, Christ has, Christ has changed uh, your understanding of people. And so he speaks to them. Right? They are participants, equal participants in this conversation. But then I want to make another observation and I realize that uh, I get to do all the talking. You're not asking any questions. So I'm kind of free to make all kinds of observations. And maybe you're like, well, wait a minute. I would be happy to chat uh, afterwards or at some other time. But uh, another observation is I think what Paul does here in, in, in sort of approaching it this way uh, is on the one hand, he, he, he gives agency to groups of people that would have been ignored. Uh, but then, too, he also provides challenges to people, in this case, sort of the men in the community, who would have uh, sort of had unfettered um, authority and uh, influence. Uh, who, who's uh, in these house, kind of household lists, the cultural norm, Aristotle and other places, uh, would have been simply to give advice to the man as the husband, the father, the master, the only one who would ever be in those roles. Uh, this is how you can make things run efficiently for you and your home and consequently sort of the, you know, uh, body politic, all these things. Like if, if you will kind of run your home efficiently in this way to get sort of the things that you need and want, this is how. It will work best. Well, well, which makes what Paul does interesting. He puts restraints on that. Restraints that aren't found anywhere else. Puts restraints on uh, the, the one in power in each of these relationships. Paul says, well, wait a minute. Christ has redefined that space even for you. And so husbands now, it's love uh, your wife the way Christ loves the church. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a consideration of the need of others. Fathers and parents, it's, well, you know, yes, you're in authority in this relationship or you, you, you are parenting a child, but it's, uh, you even view the child differently now because of the work of Jesus Christ. And even in the context of what to our sensibilities feels and is and was for Paul uh, wrong, he says Christ has redefined the nature of that relationship as well, even, even for masters bond servants. What he does here is, is provide a restraint whenever, because of Christ, where everywhere else in culture is like, no, right? That, 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 this is, 
this conversation is moot because it is irrelevant. His authority in this space is unfettered. And Paul says, no, there is a striking now balance because the value judgments we place on people has been changed because of Christ. And he gives the husband in, in, in these balances, the father, the, the master, a whole re, uh, a scope of responsibilities and obligations that don't exist outside of, of uh, the difference that Christ has made in this new community, right? That the ones in power now have a responsibility uh, to treat everyone with a kind of dignity regardless of the status culture may give them. Right, so that's kind of two observations broadly so that as we hear what Paul says in this passage, we, he, it just pulls us back again to the truth that I want us to hear as we sit with this story, that in each of these spaces, and for you, whatever your relational spaces might be, is that Jesus Christ and his work has redefined the value and worth we place on the people in those relationships. Which brings us to kind of the final point, which this one probably makes a lot of sense that this difference would exist in the New Testament, but those other ones don't talk about Christ, right? Paul says what makes the difference in all of these relationships, and he's explicit with it again and again, is the work of Jesus Christ. That each of these pairings, these relationships where um, the different power dynamics are at play, all these things are brought in front of Christ and, and, and are restructured, if you will, given new uh, perspective and perception because of Christ, right? It's shades of what we read last week. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth because you have died and your life is hidden with Christ, that for a community of people who follow a Messiah who would lay his life down for others, even as we've sung this morning, well, that's going to change the way we relate to anyone. If he is our picture, our work of leadership, if he is um, our definition of what it means to live uh, in relation to humanity and the people around us in all of these relationships, well, then he's given us a different picture in which self-assertion is never uh, the approach but always self-giving a, a word of caution, particularly to those who have enjoyed a position of power. Paul has been explicit again and again and again. The mark of this community, the mark of this community is we follow someone who has laid his life down for others, and that will change and shape all of your relationships, refocuses you and me, away from just a checklist of things and instead pulls us back to the truth that in these relationships we have all been redefined by Jesus and what he's done and consequently all called to be subject to each other. I, uh, yeah. I, I, uh, uh, to give you just another like insight into my life this week. Um, so we have this like evening routine uh, with with the kids, and uh, we don't always do it, but we do occasionally, and um, we, uh, we we sort of like walk through, um, just kind of check in. You good, Jim? All right. <laughs> um, we just kind of check in on the uh, on, on the day, right? Like sometimes we do it regularly, sometimes we don't. Um, but uh, you know, right before bedtime, I'll get it together here. Uh, in a moment, but right before bedtime, we like, we check in, and uh, it's currently 
this space is called mustard time, right? I asked my kids for permission. We call it mustard time. And uh, I know you're like, what? Uh, the first time I heard it, I'm like, what, what is going on? And uh, well, it used to be like check-in or catch-up time, right? Yeah, which quickly became mustard time. And I'm like, all right, great. Uh, thankfully, they only want mustard time with their mother. <laughs> so I'm off the hook, right? And, uh, uh, but this week, it was on the checklist, right? It was on the list. Mustard time. You know, in hindsight, I should have, I should, I should have brought mustard to the conversation. I think it would have gone really well. But uh, I was with one of the kids, right? She's like, can we, do, can we do mustard time? I'm like, let's do it. We're talking about the day I had crushed it again, Bluey style. We had, we had watched our cousin play basketball. We had been to the zoo and seen a rhinoceros fed vegetables and weird, right? We had seen hippopotamuses sunbathing and, you know, uh, it was gnarly. And uh, we come to muster time. We're just kind of thinking about the day. Obviously, we keep returning to the refrain. I'm ready for mommy to come back. Yes, 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 I know. But haven't we had a blast, right? Uh, so we're chatting. We're kind of talking about it. And, and in this moment, we, we, you know, we just talk about the ups and downs of the day as well. And, uh, you know, uh, in this conversation, well, you know, some of, the, some of the downs came up. And uh, I, I responded like you would expect, right? I'm like, look, that's irrational, <laughs> right? Like, here's the reason the day was great. Mom will be back. It'll be fine. Just get it together, right? I didn't say it quite like that, but, uh, right? I just responded like you would. Here, let me show you this list of things you can do to, like, feel better about how you're feeling right now. And in, in my response, um, I saw it happen. Like her, she was just there was a distant look in her eyes, and I'm like, oh, she is she is not even like. She's just letting the words like pass over her. So I stopped, and uh, I'm like, your mom's better at this, isn't she? Oh yeah, like she was all the way back. Yes, yes. So I said, well, give me another chance, right? Let's just can I like, which I can sometimes be sarcastic. So I think at first she was like, don't be cheeky with me. I'm like, no, 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 I'm serious. Like, just, can I just like start over? Right. And again, I've made a joke about crushing it. This is, these are the exceptions to the rule. Um, so I tried to start over and it occurred to me in that moment, all, all I did was I'm like, she didn't need my checklist or advice. She just needed to be heard, right. Valued in what she was feeling and what was going on. And yes, I know your mother is better at it. I need to be heard and valued as well in my role as your father, but we'll save that for another time. But I'm like, she, she, she in fact, she knew most of the things on the checklist anyway, right? That, that wasn't the issue. She just needed presence, value. You know what she needed? What, what she needed was what Paul described, grace, forgiveness, kindness, humility, gentleness, all qualities Paul has just outlined for a life of faith in the community of people who will follow Jesus. Traits that he says will find expression in the closest relationships and spheres of your life, like husband and wife and parent and child and servant and master, even in those spaces that will eventually be undone and unraveled because of the gospel. Paul says, Whoop, those qualities will find expression even here. I sat with my kid and you know, she was gracious with me because she let me try again and we eventually moved on to 
sword-wielding rabbits and everything was okay. But, but here's what I want to suggest to you this morning, and then we're just going to simply take communion together. Uh, here's what I hope you will hear from a passage like this, a passage I know that sometimes uh, we can hear all of us a bit differently. That a passage like this that on the one hand seems really out of touch, but at the same time remarkably straightforward and practical, here's what I hope you will hear as the call of the gospel in this brief letter this morning that the difference in any sphere of your life, in any sphere and relationship in your life, maybe you are struggling in those spaces, maybe it is together, you know, wherever you find yourself in any of those spheres, that the difference in any of them is Christ. It's not some checklist for you to follow, Paul would say. It's Christ. It's the one who in his glory and his grace redeems sinners. One who works forgiveness for sins. One who reconciles things that are dead and broken. One who makes alive what is dead and cancels debts, he says in chapter 2. One who hides your life and death in his own. In all of these relationships, Paul says, Christ is the one who makes the difference. He is the center, the one on whom we depend, in whom we trust, the one upon whom we cast our efforts and our failures. Christ is the difference. So to you, to each of us, as he calls us and invites us to carry these qualities into the different spaces of our lives, what I hope you'll hear is not just another checklist. What I hope you'll hear is the gospel. That as you seek to meet the needs of people around you, sometimes perhaps nailing it, sometimes falling woefully short, that you would be reminded this morning that Christ meets you there as well. That you were formed here by love and forgiveness and grace and kindness because of Christ, because you are dead, but Christ can make and has made and will make you alive that has ramifications for spouses and children and co-workers and all the spheres in which we seek to live Paul says to a fledgling community who's, who's got to figure out made up uh, and in fact uh, oftentimes made fun of by the culture resisted because so much of it was populated with, with these categories of people that were outcasts in society Paul says what does it look like for you to step back into those spaces and, 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 and be made new by the life of Christ he says you will be different from everyone whether in power or on the other side of it you will be marked by forgiveness and grace and strength gentleness and humility this is the invitation to you and me this morning to rest in the one who extends those things to you thank you for listening to the park city church podcast to learn more about our church and or to find ways to get involved in our community visit us at parkcitykc.com or follow us on social media at parkcitykc.com